0: How pretty is that song? On a scale of 1 to 10, about 400, I think. Pretty good story in that song. Did you know it? How he took a wretched old sinner and saved him. How he took a sinner like me and saved me at the age of 12. Loving my Jesus the rest of the way. What an honor it is to be able to love our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jerry, open us up with prayer, will you, buddy? Amen. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, buddy. Title of the message is God is Good. Uh, two weeks ago, we looked at uh, God is holy. Last week, we looked at God is faithful, and today we're going to look at God is good. And I just would just encourage you, not because they're great messages, but just to go back if you have missed one and go back and just read it. You can get it. It tells you in your bulletin how to how to go back and listen to that. And and uh, my heart's desire is we will we will understand who God is as we get go through this series. Uh, that we get to know Him better. And the more we get to know Him better, the more we will love Him. And the more we love Him, the more we will want to be obedient to Him. And the more we are obedient to Him, the closer we will come to Him. So that is my heart's desire as we go through this series. And we've got a, got a ways to go. And uh, just hang on. But today's message is God is, is good. 1959, Hollywood made a movie and it was called "Plan Nine from Outer Space." You could just imagine it was probably one of those really really kind of good movies and and the movie was all about uh aliens or extraterrestrials that came to came into the world and and wanted to stop mankind from creating a weapon that would destroy the universe. boy got a great great uh, uh, man. And people, and it was probably the worst movie that they say critics say that has ever been made. But it was so bad that people all over the world flocked to see it because it was so bad. It was laughable. It was so bad of a movie. I I haven't watched it, but maybe you have. Maybe, I imagine old Jim Becker has probably watched it more than once. It was so bad that people said that is kind of good because it is so bad and I got to think about that you know we live in a society that uh, is very much like that today you know what? we live in a society where values that once were sought were now scorned or behaviors that were at one time condemned are now being celebrated sometimes we mix up what good and bad really are Isaiah 520 has an answer for this, of course. God's Word always has got an answer somewhere. Isaiah 520 says this. It says, whoa. And in time, God's Word says, whoa. That's not good. That doesn't mean just to stop. Well, I guess it could mean to stop what you're doing. But "woe" says there is judgment coming. There is punishment coming. There is something coming down the road one of these days. When I say, "woe," it is... A picture of bad things, and in, and Isaiah five twenty says this. He says, "Woe to those who call evil good," but we got some of that, don't we? And good, evil, who substitute darkness for light, and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Woe to those folks. That turn up turn around God's Word and makes it different than what it's supposed to be you know most people know and, and even non-religious people know that there is a there's a moral compass now they might not believe that they might not live by it but most people would would say yeah there is a moral compass there is a a good thing and then there's a, a bad thing and and I might not agree with it might not live with it but we know that that there is The last two years, uh, the polling company called Marist has did a study on uh, New Year's resolutions, of all things. And and what they found was it wasn't that uh, the, the number one New Year's resolution was not to lose weight. It was not to exercise. It was to be a better person or be a better, a gooder person, if you would. And I thought that was interesting. They want to be better. They want to be good. People want to do that. But you know what happens to New Year's resolutions. After the first one or two or three days, <laughs> we kind of just move on from that New Year's resolution. They want to be better. They want to be good. And yet, they really can't. You know, I thought that was interesting. You know, we can, we can manufacture and try to define what good is. And, and we do that all the time, and we try to fit that word good into our lifestyle or what we believe and what is important to me. And, and, and we fit that word good in there, and, and sometimes it means good, and sometimes it doesn't mean so good. But I've got good news for you today. There is one thing that is good, and He is good above all good, and He is the absolute good, and that is God. God is Good. Anything else is below that. You know, we try to teach our kids and our grandkids uh, that first prayer, and, and, and I know they're working on Kimber with this first prayer. God is great. And you know the next line God is good. Thank you for our food. And we try to teach her that, trying to get her to start thinking about where these things come from. But I like the point it says God is good and God is great right off right off the bat. You know, the Bible tells us that God's goodness is His core attribute of God. Do you ever stop and think that God is just good? That is one of His core attributes. First Chronicles 16.34 says this. He says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. Psalm 25.8, Good and upright is the Lord. Psalm five nine says, The Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. That's kind of cool. Mark ten eighteen says that no one is good but one. That is God. There's many other verses that we could have uh, thrown out there to you today. There's just a few, but all have that one central thought. God is good. When I say God is good, what are we talking about? What kind of things are we talking about? Well, I think one of the first things we we talk about when we say God is good, that he is gracious. God gives us what we do not deserve. Did you know that? That is great. His goodness says, I will be gracious to you. I will not give you what you deserve. God's goodness says he is also merciful. He doesn't give us what we do deserve. He gives us mercy because he is good. Because He is good, He is perfection. There is not a hint of sin in God. There is not a hint of evil in God. There is not a hint of wrongdoing in God. There is not a hint of any deception or being deceiving anybody. God is good because God is perfect. I thought about God is good because He is forgiving. He is forgiving. He longs to forgive you and I. Even when we are walking away from Him and we have no idea that we ever want to be a part of His life, God longs to forgive you of what you've done. Why does He do that? Because He is good. God is also generous. His blessings go out everywhere to His people. He longs to bless us. He longs to give us joy. He longs to give us peace. You know, I got to thinking about it. How generous he is with these blessings, and how good he is to us. And you know, you know how you feel when you when you do something for somebody else. I mean, you do something for somebody else. You help them out, or you you give them a, a dollar or two, or, or just something. But you but you go out of your way to help somebody. You open a door, help them down down the stairs, or whatever. I don't mean. How do you feel about that? You feel good about that, don't you? I mean, that just makes you feel good. And where does that feel good comes from? It comes from the fact that you and I have been made in the image of God. Because God wants to bless people. and He wants to do good to you. He wants to do good to you and I. Uh, in Matthew 7, uh, 11, it says this. He says, that if you, were being, if you then, being evil, he's talking about us as people, know how to give good gifts to your children. And we do that, do we not? How much more will your father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? God wants to bless us. You know, God is not a killjoy. He he, he he's not always sitting up in heaven mad at you. I mean he doesn't want to ruin the party if if you would. He wants to bless us. And and, 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 and we get sometimes we think that I wish I wish God would bless me a little more. I said, you know, I I need a better car. I need a little better house. I need I need some other physical kinds of things. And and God can bless us with material kinds of things. He can and He wants to. But that's not really what He's talking about when He's talking about I want to bless my people. What He's talking about is spiritual blessings. Those things that uh, He can bless you here that will carry on. For eternity. I mean, if you just stop and think some of those great blessings about the, the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, He can give us that love and that joy and that peace and that patience and that confidence and that fellowship and that faithfulness and that gentleness and that self-control, which there is no law. See, He wants to bless us with those kinds of things. He wants to bless us spiritually. Ephesians 1, 3 said He's given of all spiritual blessings that He needs to give to us. And he wants to do that. He longs for that. He wants to be able to do that. He gets great delight in doing good to his people. His goodness is abundant. His goodness overflows to those who are his people. Do you get a picture of who God is? God wants to bless us. He is not the angry father sitting in heaven. He longs to bless his children. He longs to bless those who have accepted his son as Lord and Savior. He longs for that. He he wants to do that. He is good. The goodness of God overflows to all of us if we just want to find it and to see it. A perfect example of this, I think, is uh, is the example in the Bible of the prodigal son. And as I was looking at at, at that, uh, this guy said, well, it's also called the, the prodigal father. I got to thinking about that how does how does prodigal son I mean well the word prodigal means uninhibited and unrestrained okay uninhibited unrestrained you know the story of the prodigal son don't you I mean here's a guy that hoped his dad would die so he would get his inheritance and before the dad died he gave the inheritance to his boy and said if this is what you want I'll let you go do this and the boy took his inheritance and did what went to the far country the Bible says and 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 squandered all of his money, wasted it on, on crazy living, doing all kinds of different things. And what he was doing was what? He was looking for some happiness. I mean, he was looking for, to have the happy life. And he thought by taking his inheritance, he could go somewhere else and live however he wanted to. Got out of the, away from the thumb of his father, and he would just have a great life, a fun, happy life. And the Bible says he went over there and he squandered everything he had. And he, and he soon realized that, you know, that kind of living just didn't bring me any happiness. It didn't bring me any joy. I thought it would. And it didn't. And the Bible says he was living with the pigs and eating what they, were, what they didn't want to eat. And he came to his senses, this prodigal son. He came to his senses, the Bible says, and he headed home to see his father, not knowing what his father was going to do. Not knowing if his father was going to be mad at him. Not knowing if his father wouldn't let him in the house. He just didn't know. But you know the story. As, as, as the father was sitting on the porch. Just looking. Looking, looking probably towards the east. Because when the, when the Bible talks about east. Many times it's referring to a sinful area. Is east. And we see as he's probably looking east. Where he sees this figure out there. And, and here comes. This figure, and that's my son. That's my son. He said, "That's that's my son who was lost." And the Bible says, "What did he do?" This 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 prodigal father, this this uh, unrestrained, uninhibited father. What did he do? The Bible says he ran to him. Men didn't run, run back in those days. He ran to him and he hugged him and he kissed him and he said, get the finest robe and we've got we to put a ring on his, on his finger and we got to have a celebration. My son who was lost has now come back. Do you see the compassion this father had for this wayward son? He wanted to do nothing but what? Bless his wayward son. He didn't, didn't criticize him, didn't make fun of him, didn't ostracize him, didn't do anything like that. All he did was run and he loved him. Not agreeing with the way he was living, but he loved his son anyway. And he wanted to celebrate his son. And he wanted just to hug, hug him, kiss him, and thank you son, you're back. And you know what? That is a picture of our heavenly father. Did you know that? That's exactly what our Heavenly Father wants to do to you. If you've been living a life in the far country, if you've been living a life without God, if you've been doing your own thing and, and, and you've been living in sin and you've been just living it up and, and you're understanding that, man, I, I thought this was the way it is, but this, this is not right. What, what is going on to me? And God the Father says, When you take a step back towards me, He says, I'll run to you. When you've had enough of this old life, enough of this sin in this life, and you've had it up to here with it, and you want some relief, God says, Take a step. And I'm going to take a whole bunch of steps. I'm going to run to you. And I'm going to hug you. I'm going to kiss you. I'm going I'm to clean you up. I'm going to make you a cr- new creation. Because he says, I want to bless you. Are you tired of living that way? Man, if you're tired of living that way, I got I the got good news for you. God is not mad at you. Did you know that? <laughs> God's not mad at you. God is not angry with you. God does not hate you if you've rejected his son already. I had a guy ask me just the other day. He said, man, he said... I'm living a bad life. I've done a lot of bad things. Will God accept me? Yes. Is it too late for me? He's in his early forties. He goes, Is it is it too late for me? I said, No. No, no, your your father in heaven is good. He is a good, good father. He wants you to come. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you peace. And he wants to give you eternal security forever and forever and forever. You cannot be bad enough for God to reject you. God is so good. He loves you no matter what. Yes, the prodigal son was doing his thing, but the prodigal son father said, I will love you unrestrained and uninhibited. I don't care who sees it. And your heavenly father is just like that. God is so good to bless us. How can we experience the goodness of God? How does that relate to you and I today? Well... Number one, he provides for us. Did you know that? If you are his children, he provides for us. You know, when God created the heavens and the earth, I mean, just think about this. When he created the heavens and the earth, he could have left earth just like he left the moon or Mars or Pluto, bleak, desolate, dark, ugly, he could have done that and he could have put us on this O earth right here and said there you go make it work but he didn't did he he provided a, a place for us to live which has nothing but beauty in it that he's provided everything we need in this O earth I mean we're 90, 93 million miles away from the sun if we were 92 million miles away from the sun guess what would happen we burned up. God created the oxygen so we could breathe. When he created this old earth, he knew exactly what he was doing. Because he loved man so much, he wanted to create a beautiful place for him to be inhabited. How do I know that he did that? Isaiah 45, 18 says it this way. He formed the earth and made it. He established it and did not create it as a waste place. <laughs> but formed it to be inhabited. You've seen those pictures from the from the moon looking back to the earth in this beautiful beautiful ball he created it just for man so that man would have a super nice place to live. When God created food and made it known that man needs food and nourishment to live, he could have just given us a morsel here and said there it is, boys got all the nutrients you need all the vitamins are right there i will provide for that every day you get to eat that every day for the rest of your life and he could have provided food for us could he not but he didn't do that did he because he is good and he loves us so much what did he do he made all kinds of different kinds of meats And different kinds of vegetables and different kinds of fruits and spices and and all this stuff. So that our taste buds would be able to enjoy this wide variety of stuff that he's made just for us to eat. He didn't have to do that. But he did it in order for us to be blessed because of what he has done. why did he do that? Because he is so good to us and he loves us so much i've created this planet for you to live i've given you food in which to wish to live all different kinds of food enjoy he said because i am so in love with you when god created man he knew man would sin did you know this and the beautiful part of him providing for us yeah we want him to provide material things we want him to provide food we want him to buy provide all kind of stuff but when he made man, he, he said, I know you're going to sin. I going know you're going to fall. But he said, I'm going to provide for you every person that's ever made. I'm going to provide for you a pathway for you to live in heaven for eternity. You see, that is the greatest thing that God could ever provide for people, for mankind, for you and I. There's nothing greater than that. Feed us, yes. House us, yes. Give us a great place to live, yes. But his greatest provision is when he sent his son to die on a cross for you and I. So that we would have the ability, if we choose to, to live with God forever in eternity. Why would he do that? Why didn't he just zap us and condemn us when we first sin? Because, you know, he wants to bless us and not judge us. Did you know that? He wants to bless us. He's a good God. He wants to bless us and not judge us. He wants wants you and I to live with him forever in his home called heaven. He wants that. He desires that. That's why he's patient with us that he will. He wants to have fellowship with me. He wants to have fellowship with you, the God of the universe who created everything. Wants to be able to talk to you. And wants to be able to communicate with you. The Bible says he knows every hair on your head. And he knows when you lose it. And he knows how to subtract. That's how well he knows you. And he wants to bless us because of that. Psalm 34, 8 says this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. God is good. He provides for what we need. Philippians 4, 19, And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. God looks forward to providing for you and I because he is a good, good God. Second thing I want to see real quickly is God is good because he is patient. Amen. Amen. You betcha. When we think of the word patience, we think of grace and we think of mercy. Grace giving us what we do not deserve. Mercy not give, giving us what we do deserve. What a blessing, God. You see, God knows us, does he not? He knows everything about us. He knows our strength. He knows our weakness. Psalm 103, 13 and 14 says, Just as the, as the earthly father has compassion on his children. Okay, just as you guys love your kids. You have compassion for him. I get that. We all do. So the Lord, the heavenly Lord, has compassion on those who fear him, who respect him, who have reverence for him, who have awesome, awesome reverence for a holy God that strives to be obedient. He says, I have compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust he knows that we're human he knows that we're weak he knows that we are bent to sin but you know what he still loves us you know he still loves us he still loves us he's still patient with us he still desires to bless us why because he is a good good father he is patient i am so thankful that he's patient with you and i second peter 3 9 says this the lord is not slow On his promise, as some count slowness. But is patient to all, not wishing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. You you see that last part? He is patient, not wanting anyone to perish. Not wanting anyone to reject him, reject his son. He didn't want anybody to do that. His desire for every person in this room is that we all... Repent and accept His Son as Lord and Savior. I'm so thankful that He is patient. Why is He patient with us? Why does He extend grace and mercy to us? Why does He not want us to perish? Because He is a good, good God. God is good. He shows us the right path in life to live. You understand, He... he, he gives us a path in which to live. God of the universe says, "Let me tell you how you can have life and have it life abundantly." I mean, He shouldn't throw you down here and go deal with it, boys and girls. He said, "I've got I've got a secret formula that I'm going to tell you with has secret sauce with it, and if you want life and you want a life and abundant, here's what you got to do, boys and girls." And he loves us so much, he said, I, I want to show you. I want to tell you how to live. If you want to know. Some of you won't want to know. I get that. But he's going to give you a plan. And here's your plan. Matthew seven thirteen and 14. He says, enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. God's goodness tells us you want life and you want life abundant. He just told us how to do that. Not rocket science. He just told us. He said, Get in this, get in, go through a very narrow gate, walk and live on this narrow road. He said there won't be very many folks on that road. But he says that road leads to life. Hmm. Narrow gate, narrow road, not many folk on there. But it's life. Well, how do you get on that? How do you go through that narrow gate? And how do you go through that, get on that road where not many folk are on? Well, he tells us. You accept his son. Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what He tells you to do. You just accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if you will just do that, if you will just honestly do that, then you're going to be on the road to life that leads to life here and leads to life to eternity. That's not a hard concept. And God loves us so much, and He's so good, He said, Here's, here's what you need to do. But then he says, I know some of you won't. Some of you think you got a better way. And he says, for those who think they've got a better way, what do you do? You, you enter through this big wide gate that everybody can get through. And you live on this big wide road where almost everybody that you know is on that road. Everybody, almost Everybody. And he says, he says, he says, that road that you're on is wide and a big gate and everybody's on it. He says that road leads to death and destruction. Let's see, life, death, and destruction. God says, those are your two options to live, boys and girls. How do we get on that broad road? We just reject Christ as Lord and Savior. Pure and simple. We just reject Him. We don't want anything to do with God. How many people do we know like that? They just want nothing to do with, with Holy God. I got my way, I'm going to live. That's cool. And you know in, in, in one way that they're, they're right, I mean I mean, you can live without Jesus in this world, and you can be successful. Did you know what you can be? I not going to lie to you? That's possible. But if you die without Jesus, you won't be successful. If you die without Jesus, you won't be successful. You see, Proverbs 16, 25 says, There's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end leads to death and destruction. God loves us so much, He said, I, I want every person to understand how to live this life. And that is to accept my son and get on this, go through this narrow gate, maybe even have to turn sideways. I don't know, some of us might have to. And, and walk this narrow road. And you won't have a lot of friends, but you'll have some. But in the end, <laughs> what does it say? You got life. You got eternal life. You got heaven for eternity. He loves us so much. God's goodness says, I want to show you how to live. God's goodness says, I want to show you how to p- have peace in this old world. God's goodness says, I want to show you how you can have great relationships with all people. God's goodness says, I want to show you how families can love each other. God's goodness says, I want want to give you peace. God's goodness says, I want to bless you beyond anything that you can handle. God's goodness says, I want you to bear fruit even at the age of 80 and 85 and 90 and 95. And God's goodness says, I want to give you peace when your last days are coming where you don't have to fear death anymore. You see, I want to give you that peace, he says. Why, why would he even do that? Because he's a good, good father. Because he loves us. Because he doesn't he want anybody to perish but all to come to repentance. Why would he do that? Do you know that God loves you? And do you know That God wants the very best for you. God's plan said, if you will just do what I ask you to do, that is the very best that I've got to give to you. If you'll just be obedient to me. Well, I no, no, I don't think so. I think I know how to live. Now I got all this. I'm a pretty smart guy. I got a PhD and something. I don't know what it means, but I got a PhD. No? God says, you need to be obedient to me because my plan for your life is the best plan that's ever been brought to you. And then he says, I want to bless you. Why would he do all that? Because he's a good, good father. God is good. And the last one real quick. God is good because he protects his children. God is good because he protects his children. Psalm 34, 7, 8 says this. It says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Who those who have accepted him. Who those who has Jesus as Lord and Savior says, the angel of the Lord camps around them and them only. And he rescues them, he says. Psalm 91, 11 and 12 says this, For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. God sends his guardian angels out to protect us, to watch over us. I don't think we will know on this side of heaven how many times God's glorious goodness said he send his angels to you to protect you, to keep you out of that harm's way, to keep you out of that wreck, to keep you out of wherever it might be. And why does he do that? <laughs> Because he's a good, good father who loves you. And he wants the best for you. Amen. What a good, good father. We see his goodness because he provides for us. We see his goodness because he's patient with us. He, we see his goodness because he gives us a game plan on how to live in this whole world. And we see his God's goodness when he protects us from evil. And he protects us from the evil one Amen. Yes, sir. do you get the concept that God loves you do you get the concept that God is a friend to his people that he's not an angry God that he's not a killjoy God that he's not trying to, to uh, keep something good from you Well, I wish he'd let me do that I w- and he knows where that is and where that leads and he says, no, don't go there. Man, what a great God that we serve. We sang the song, Good, Good Father. He's a good, good father. Believe it or not, he's on your side. Did you know that? He is on your team. <laughs> he's not looking at you. What are well, you saying right there? A whip to the back. No. He just loves us. I said, come back when you mess up. Come on back. Come on back. My arms are open wide. He says, just like the prodigal father, I'm going to come running to you when you come to me. And I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to hug you and kiss you. And we're going to celebrate. That's what a good, good father does. That's what a good earthly father does. That's what a good heavenly father does better than the earthly father. God is holy is he not God is faithful in all things and God is good as the piano plays Rhonda, have you ever just stopped to think that God is good do you, do you, do you get to the point that he, is, he really is a friend to you and I that he really wants the best for you he wants the best for you One of the ways he answers prayer was what? No. But I got a better plan for you. His plan is the best. Don't just try to be hard-headed and stubborn and, and mean and ugly thinking I can live my life how I want to no matter what. You're going to fail. Because the Bible says you will fail. Here and for eternity. But he says, I love you so much. I gave you my son. Accept him, love him. You can have life here abundantly, he says. John ten ten, And I'll give you life for eternity in heaven. Where it'll be Garden of Eden. <laughs> multiplied by hundreds and hundreds. It's going to be that pretty. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, let's just... If, if God didn't speak to you in any way just I would just ask you just to praise him today I'd ask you to praise him anyway ask him to reveal that that he really is the good good father let him speak to you as we pray the altars will be open if you need to come talk I'm here as the piano plays Do business with Holy God who loves you so much.